Welcome to the Apex Vaulting Podcast. This is episode 85 with Jeff Coover. Um, for those of you who don't know, Jeff Coover, uh, 550 guy, he coaches now in Division One, and he joins the podcast to discuss uh, the backyard pole vaulting meet that happened yesterday. Uh, we ha- both had very different opinions, uh, but we discussed a bunch of different things, and then we went off on a tangent on uh, UFC fights, and we even discussed uh, some coaching stuff. And I, I just think Jeff uh, has been on the podcast before, and and he was on now, and he always provides a lot of great information. Uh, I think you guys are gonna really enjoy this podcast. Um, if you do enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to our iTunes podcast or our YouTube channel. Uh, please leave comments and reviews; that would be awesome. And if you have any comments or questions, just email us at apexvaulting at gmail.com. Enjoy the episode, everybody. All right. Welcome to the Apex Vaulting Podcast. And uh, Jeff Coover, you're joining us again. This is so awesome. Um, thanks for joining. Uh, we obviously, we started commenting back and forth yesterday. I made a post. Uh, everybody's talking about this, this uh, you know, backyard pole vaulting extravaganza that was yesterday where Renault Villainy, Mondo Duplantis, and Sam Kendricks competed at their own houses, you know, so there's social distancing. And um, we got to see them jump. I think, it, first off, I think it's awesome that they did it. It's really, really great. But it ended in a tie, you know? And so I, I made this post and I'm like, dude, if it ends in a tie, come on, like that, you know, if you're not willing to go through a tiebreaker, you should get a, a loss. And I don't know, maybe I didn't post it clearly enough, but really it, it's not even so much that I was upset at the athletes. It's more that, like how did they not think this through like obviously you could end up in a tie what are you going to do about it you know what are, what are your thoughts what were your initial thoughts to the post and what, what are some things that went through your mind uh i mean i the, i guess my initial thought with the post actually the first thing i did mm-hmm. was to before i commented or anything yeah um i went and looked at all of your social medias and tried to see first if I had missed you saying like, this was a great event, which I didn't. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only, only content that you put out was this should have ended with Renault losing. Sure. And, and that was kind of when I was like, okay, this is, this is an event that uh, first of all, I, I don't know. I'm going to get off track, but no, no, I, no. I, re- I really loved, I think you really loved, I think everybody in the, in the world enjoyed and was getting a ton of, positive feedback. And then, I mean, I guess I just felt like it missed the mark a little bit, your take. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that either of us came at each other in a negative way or anything. I was just cr- kind of trying to put forward my thoughts, um, right. which I think other people conveyed as well. Um, which was just like, Hey, let's focus on the fact that like this thing happened and yeah. worked, which was a, freaking miracle i mean the fact that we didn't have like a some sort of a tech issue or whatever was incredible and i guess maybe i'm overly positive and overly celebratory of like any opportunity to watch pole vaulting and i'm maybe um also uh like a pole vault culture type guy where it's like you know as well as anybody that the camaraderie and the 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 nature and the spirit of our event and our sport is different than other sports and i don't know i don't know that there's another definitely not another track event <clears throat> um but maybe another not another sport where um three the three best guys in the world are willing to come together um and jump for 
just for fun, basically. So you know, I, I look, I definitely think like just a couple things about what you said. I definitely think that one, I, out of all the events in track, you know, I definitely think pole vault to me is so technical, so exciting. There's so many adjustments to be made, jump from jump. There, there's so much drama that unfolds. And I think especially like, you know, you competed yourself. Now you're on the coaching end of it. You know, we know we've been at meets where I'm sure right now, if we just did a podcast of our personal favorite meet coaching, right? You could unfold it and storytell it in a way that everybody would be at the edge of their chair. Like, Oh, what happened next? Why did you make that decision? You know? And I think sometimes just watching a broadcast, let's say just in general, we don't always get that, you know? And I think that's what could help make the sport more popular. The other thing, like what you were saying, I think because we're such a small sport, you know, like it happens to me too. I, I don't even remember, you know, I was, I mentioned to you uh, when we were messaging about my nephews, it's like, I think I was watching like some kind of cartoon, my nephews, and there was like a pole vaulter in the cartoon. And it's like, as pole vault fans, anything pole vault, we're like, Oh my God, that's awesome. You know what I mean? And it reminds me of, um, so my, my ethnic background, I'm Serbian. I was, I was born in Serbia. Anytime there's a Serbian athlete in any sport, Jeff, my father thinks that that guy is the best athlete in that sport. Like when Vladdy Divac was in the NBA, like that's it. There was no better center, which of course Shaquille O'Neal was way better than Vladdy. I mean, I love Vladdy, but Shaq was better, right? So I think sometimes as a pole vault community, we're so gung-ho pole vault that it's almost like we're excited for anything that we get. And I, I think sometimes we've got to look through the lens of like, how could this be a little bit better, you know? Um, and, and, and look, like, I just thought the way it unfolded at the end, to me, I mean, I I think if I, I would say who my favorite vaulter is of all time, I would say Sergei Bubka. But man, seeing Mondo's reaction at the end, like he was like, Ty, no, we got to keep going. Like, I want to do this thing. I I got pumped up. I was like, yo, Mondo just like climbed the climbed the the, the list that I, that I have. You know what I mean? Like I, I was, I got pumped up watching that, you know? Um, yeah. So, I mean, that that was kind of the emotions that I felt at, at, at the end of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No, for sure. And then, you know, he took the little yeah. cel- celebratory jump and did the fake celebration. But at the end of the day, you know, like he was like, Oh dude, who cares? You know, it's a tie. It's it's for fun. It that was amazing. Like we got on ESPN and like our, 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 you know, sport got held up in this, amazing positive light you know and I just felt, I just felt like I just felt, I was on I was but I was like buzzed yesterday afterward I was just so just happy to have watched what we watched I mean those guys took a hundred I, I don't know like people some people were saying that the bar should have been higher or something but I was like dude they took a hundred jumps at yeah. five meters and there were two misses they took a hundred jump yeah. and 98 of them more makes that's absolutely insane and from a pole vault perspective it's like that was totally crazy also they came up with a set of rules that clearly was like it leveled the playing field and made it you know worth watching and um i just i, I think if you pulled any of them afterward they would have said you know they would have liked to have one by one jump, but if it ends in a tie, it ends in a tie. And that's just how it is. Cause it was just for fun. So um, I thought, I just thought it was an opportunity for everybody to come together. And, and I think everybody did. And there's always got to be some, you know, an alternative opinion also, but <laughs> it was just like, uh, you know, I, I thought it was cool how, how the whole track world really, I mean, Ashton's jumping on the podcast or on the yeah. 
the comments being like, let's right. do decathlon. And yeah, anyway, I just really, really enjoyed it and I liked it. And, and, and if I were, you know, if I were running the show, um, I would have just put, I, I literally would have put something in the, in the beginning of it that would have, you know, I, I guess I would have asked them, Hey, do you guys want to break a tie if it happens? Right. Um, and if anybody said no, then I would just say, we're just going to end it in a tie if it ends in a tie. Um, right. So I, I mean like that, that kind of goes into the, the question that I, I talked about before. It's like, if, if you could do it, you know, and be in charge of it, what, what changes would you have made? Would you have made any changes to the format? Like you even bring up like some people talking about a higher bar. Um, you know, what are, what are some adjustments that that could be made? Cause I, I think here's the thing too. It's, you know, the first time you do something, it's never going to come out the best. You know what I mean? It's like, but I mean, that was what was so amazing was that it did come out so well, you know? Well, like, I, I mean, I think there's definitely a lot of positives to it. Um, but so, some of the things that I, I, I thought about, like, you know, at, at least format wise, um, one, they could have done, done just like a traditional meet with short run approach, you know, which I think that would have been uh, exciting to watch because but that they, was going to be, that was going to be really hard because, the setups are so different. Renault's Renault's down down runway is like six percent downhill, hmm. so it's it's like if you if he runs from eight if he runs from eight steps he says it's something like fourteen, like mm-hmm. the speed that he has at the box. So then it's okay, okay. Do you let Sam go from fourteen? And then it's like, well, Mondo can't go from fourteen. His runway's too short. So that's why that's why they that's why Renault came up with the setup the format that they came up with. See, so now you know that that brings up another thing. It's like I feel like. I, I don't know how easily this information was all put out there. You know what I mean? Like, cause I don't know that a lot of people know that they, they tuned in, they're watching, they don't kind of know what's going on. I know even, um, I, I talked to Katarina Stefaniti this past fall cause they had those big diamond league meetings, you know, about the changes, like they cut out some events and stuff like that. And I know Katarina, she's always told me, she's like, I don't understand how there's not a leaderboard at each event. It could be si- as simple as, as like, just like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen like Formula One or NASCAR, like they have that like big pole with like the changing numbers of the drivers that are in the lead and stuff like that. Like that, that's a big issue I think in track and field is that not enough people even understand the rules. Like, okay, me and you, we're, we're, we're pole vault nerds. Like we love the pole vault. We, we know how pole vault works. Right. And as soon as you bring up like the downhill runway and stuff, I'm like, okay, there, there's certain issues there. Um, you know, I don't know how you, you know, you make that fair. Um, so I, I totally get that. Um, but it's like the casual fan doesn't always get that information. Like even the, the, what about even just a track fan? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who let's say go to track stadiums, go, go to track meets that depending on what event they're watching, they might not even know enough of the rules, like just in a traditional meet, never mind some special situation like this. Um, I, I, that's what I always feel like is the biggest thing for me is when they're doing track events, there's not enough communication about what's going on. Like when you watch other sporting events, it's like they hammer that stuff home, like constantly. Like, so you may maybe tuning in for a football game for the millionth time in your life, but they're still explaining all the situations so that you know what's going on because there's gotta be someone watching for the first time, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. in your opinion, like what, what could they have done better as far as that presenting the information, you know? Well, I think that the, 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 the thing that they did so well, that was brilliant um, <clears throat> was that they came up with, they came up with a system that I, in my mind, I think was completely fair for the three athletes. 
mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, Renault was running from six steps and Mondo was running from eight. Sam came back from 10. Um, mm-hmm. And, and they all decided kind of that that was, that was fair. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Sam, Sam said he didn't really have an eight step pole. So he was like, wanted to jump from 10 and they, you know, Sam's kind of a, a, a little bit of a slower starter on his run too. So I think everybody kind of figured Sam from 10 Mondo from eight kind of similar and then Renault downhill from six. So um, at that point, then it becomes like, okay, like Renault down, you know, Sam can probably jump, can probably jump 50, 50 or 60 from 10. Um, you know, Mondo has jumped 50 from eight and Renault on that six step could probably only jump 30 or 40 on his little downhill. Yeah. Um, so at that point they're kind of like, okay, now we've got the bar, so to speak, even level. And we can literally, that's why the, that's, that's why the count, the counter, the live counter was, was all you needed. You know, for me, that's all you needed because those guys at that point had leveled the playing field. Right. But up. so, I mean, just, and maybe I just didn't see it. I, I don't know, but like, how did you find all that stuff out? Oh, just by talking to those guys. See, like, that, but that's my point. So it's like, but, so but cool. I don't think that the viewer, the casual viewer, I don't think they needed to know that information. I think it was just, I, I was just, I was just curious and, and, and wanted to know. I think the thing that the casual viewer needed to know was that the, it's just that, you know, they all three agreed to these rules and now the, the, the playing field is, is level and, every every make counts as one and it's just how who can put the most no, points yeah I, I get that but like see like for the casual viewer not knowing all those differences and what was agreed upon and all, all that like those are things that should be discussed like and i and i think especially for pole vault people we love hearing all that kind of stuff you know what yeah. i mean like like I, i'm gonna go to another thing i think the the thing that i don't like at a lot of like these track meets as far as announcing is the announcers because I mean, that guy, like, whatever, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I don't know how much of a pole vault guy he is. You know what yeah. I mean? No, no, and, no. I think, I think, yeah. Right. And so it's like, he's not going to be able to give us the the information that, that as a pole vault fan, we know, oh, wow, this is important. Like, if you knew this, like, even if you're not a, uh, you're a casual sports fan, you just tuned in for the first time, you need to know this for this to become important to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and announcers like that, they never, they never really convey enough information as far as that to make it even more interesting to a new fan or even the fan, just traditional fans of pole vault. You know? Yeah, I just, I, I, that's probably all true. I just think that this was an example where of of a situation. Like I shared the live stream at halftime. I shared the the link with my next door neighbor, who's just. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know a friend and he's just a he doesn't know anything about pole vaulting nobody right. in iowa knows anything about pole vaulting but i shared it with him because i've been like joking with him about helping me build a pit in my backyard which is never gonna happen but <laughs> but uh i shared it with him i'm like dude the three best guys in the world are doing this right now and afterward he was like dude that was just so cool like that was that was awesome and so i don't know like i thought i thought all the feedback and all the posts and all the articles and everything afterward were so overwhelmingly positive that it's kind of evidence of the fact that that model worked. So I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring up something else that I thought would have been like really uh, created more drama and made it a little bit more exciting. Like hear me out on this. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so the, the model that they basically chose was like basically the home run derby or the three point contest model, right? That's what they did. But the thing is they had all three going at the same time. 
Yeah, like, I, you know what? This is something that I actually mentioned yeah. was it okay. have one go and then the next go and the next go. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's that that there's definitely an argument for that. Yeah, but I, no, and and again, I I think you know I I agree with a lot of the points that you're making. Like I think it was great that they did something. I think it's it's and especially hearing you explain like the stuff about the runways and the poles. Like Sam didn't have the have a pole for a shorter approach, which kind of like I almost feel like now in retrospect thinking about it, it's like ah oh, no wonder it was tougher for Sam to kind of keep up with them. He's going from a longer approach. He he needs to rest up a little bit more where, you know, they can, they can go at a much faster clip, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that I think is like, yeah. kind of, you know, as a fan, I'm like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Cause I was like wondering, I was like, man, how is Sam so far behind? But now, now it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, immediately. I mean, if you know, the Kendricks, you know, that those guys, they are, they're nothing if not methodical. I mean, they, they have a, a everything is from all the time is just mm-hmm. like, it's crazy. It, they're they're so smart in that way. Like they they just have everything planned out or whatever. And as soon as I saw Sam take his first jump, and Scott had a clock, I was like, they know exactly how many jumps, that, how many, how many makes they're going to have today. Right. They've they've banked on the fact that this number is going to do it, and and they have it planned out to where he's going to jump at forty eight seconds, and then he's going to jump at a minute and forty one second right 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 and that's exactly what scott said today was that they planned to jump 26 times and they they went 13 and 13 he made he had 26 makes and yeah by 10 no no yeah i i mean i listen i i get it because like as i was watching i was just like man how, how is he so far behind but now knowing that they're at different approaches different things you know it's like i was just trying to figure it out in my head because i'm like man i i because he's done so many times, like you, I'm sure you've seen his YouTube videos where he'll he'll jump like whatever, like a million. Yeah, times. that's the thing is I thought. I, so I thought he would have an advantage. I'm like, how is he behind when he he seems this, this seems to be his thing? You know, no, we all we all thought this was. The, I mean, I thought this was Sam's thing to lose because this is his bread and butter. Um, and I think if he'd have just known beforehand, they just picked the wrong number. They just thought 26, 26 sounds like the right number. And those guys are going to tie around the second half. And so they planned on 26. They got 26 jumps done. They made it 26 times in a yeah. row and it just was the wrong number. So <laughs> right. I think, if, I think if they knew it was going to take 37, then maybe they sneak into the, the, you know, pole shed, wherever that his, his little <laughs> find an eight step pole and, you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but anyway, so it's it's funny, right? Because even going back, like imagine if they went one at a time. I think it would have been like so amazing to see, like let's say you know you have like whoever go first. Sam goes first. He puts up a number. Now, as fans, we're watching. Okay, what's going to happen with the second round? And just an idea, like they could almost do a tournament style of this. Have like two guys a weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, if you pick up slew of vaulters, you know who. And if you want to keep it the five meter bar, you keep it the five meter bar. And again, you'd have to like discuss beforehand the rules and stuff like that, but you can almost have a tournament style where it's like two guys a weekend go at it. And then the winner makes it to the next weekend, you know, that that's even an, I I think would be an awesome idea, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think we could, you could sit here and like poke holes in, in a lot of aspects of what what was done and everything, but I just felt like the overwhelming story and, and you're, you know, you're, you're a news outlet, right? I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, you, Paul Ball Power, a couple others, whatever, um, are kind of providing your takes on mm-hmm. a lot of Paul Ball news. And 
it's like if you know I don't know a good comparison like if the NBA came out and said like here are the things we think could be better with the last dance you know the, right, right, the right. Jordan documentary that's going on right now and I think everybody would be like dude we're just like soaking this up and eating it up and like that's the story you know but, but so i mean even you know you bring up the last dance and i think that's a good example i mean like listen I, i'm loving the last dance but i think after each episode there's certain people who maybe were heroes that now don't look like heroes afterwards like michael jordan himself said before it aired he goes listen i think a lot of people after watching this may not like me so much you know mm-hmm. i i think that that's the other thing like when i think about public culture sometimes like like, look, like I post stuff and I think the reason that there's not a lot of people posting things is because they're afraid of getting, you know, backlash from their, their comments. You know what I mean? And I kind of always felt like, look, like I'm going to say what I say because I really believe it. I also don't think I ever say anything in that bad of a way. Like, I'm not trying to like, you know, I'm not calling anybody like a piece of shit or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't go crazy. You know, it's like I'm giving my opinion on, on things. Um but I think a lot of people in the public community are afraid to upset people. You know what I mean? And the thing is, you're always going to upset someone. Like, Jeff, you could literally post the most vanilla, basic drill, right? And there's going to be somebody who's probably like, I don't like that. We do it like this or whatever. And I think a lot of times that's what prevents people from actually putting stuff out there. I mean, you see it in other things like in the strength and conditioning community. You know, it's like, you post someone doing a lift, everybody rips it apart. They can't, you know what I mean? Like, that's just what happens. Like, you know, and so I've always felt like that that's one of the things that holds us back as a community because people are almost like afraid to speak because I can't tell you, I can't tell you the things that I've heard off the record, you know, uh, off the podcast or just within, you know, meets or something like that where someone's like, Oh my God, I'm so pissed about blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but nobody's actually willing to like, you know what I mean? Like talk because they're afraid of upsetting somebody. You know what I mean? And the thing is like, look, you're, you're right. Like, look, I think if I said something like really crazy and I was like belligerent or something like that, of course, people should not listen to me. There should be consequences. For no, it. it's uh, yeah. I'm not saying anybody shouldn't listen yeah. to you at all, at all. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I know you're not saying that. I'm just saying in general, I think like as a community, we have to kind of understand that, you know, it's like, because almost like I sometimes feel like some people are like, oh my God, this is my favorite Walter. Well, I think this one's better. And then it's like people start an argument and it's like, I think a, a good debate talking back and forth is, is awesome. But it's like, I could see sometimes where it's like certain topics come up and it's like, oh my God, it's like World War Three. Like, you know, just bring up the bottom arm and you that's it. You know, it's yeah, like, that's, no, no, that's literally all you have to do at any point. <laughs> at any yeah. point. As soon as you and a, and a pull ball person are getting along, just be like, yeah, left arm. They're like, ah. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> yeah. But a hundred percent. And, and the thing that I, I wish people were more open to is like, listen, like we could have a left arm debate and still be friends and still help each other out. Like I tell people all the time, like, um, some of the people that I'm real tight with, uh, club coaches or high school coaches, they literally coach the complete opposite way that I do, but I'm very close with them. If they need polls, I lend them out. You know, if I need something, they'll help me out. And, so th- we've got to, you know, almost like uh, get to a point where it's like, well, I, I guess this is my question. And I, I-, I was thinking about this last night, uh, thinking about the podcast is like, in your opinion, what, how do people go about having nice open discussion, you know, versus uh, just, you know, pissing each other off? Like, you know, it's like, what, how, what's the mentality? What are, what are the ground rules for you? You know? 
Uh, I mean, I think just respect, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, kindness and just, I don't know, I guess I shouldn't say kindness, more like honesty and respect, I think are the, I think are the biggest things. And then um, not being uh, inflammatory where you don't need within the the need for inflammatory, you know, inflammation is not there. So um, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but um, I, I, I just think that um, the, the, ba- the, you know, the, the basis for having open discussion that is productive is maybe, maybe if I had to boil it down would just be mutual respect. And uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. I, I'm like, I'm all for, I'm all for open discussion. And, and I think that you and I can like, you know, write back and forth on whatever mm-hmm. and totally be respectful of one another and, you know, not throw jabs or whatever. Um, so I don't know that there necessarily needs to be like ground rules for, for that or whatever. I just think that, I think that being, you know, giving, being, being respectful where, where you need to be respectful um, in my, in my opinion is pretty much, pretty much all there is and not, you know, not, dragging anybody through the mud that doesn't deserve it or trampling on anybody that's down or whatever. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm soft or whatever, but. No, no, I, I think, I think respect is, is huge. You know, um, it it just, you know, it's like, I I think there, there are a couple of things. I think sometimes it's clear that some people don't have respect for some people, you know, like I remember one time on Facebook, I went back and forth with a certain coach um, and they like came out and they're like, literally he, he goes, well, you know, uh, you don't do anything for the pole vault community, you know? And I'm like, Whoa, time out, dude. I'm like, I coach a club with a hundred athletes. Yeah. I go, I put out free content, you know, I put out videos, you know, what are you doing? You coach one person, you know what I mean? Like, and, and listen, that's great. You've been very successful with that one person, but like, don't tell me that I'm not doing anything for the community. And, and I think that that's sometimes where it's tough. And, and I get it again, because we are such a small community, you know, I think people think if they've achieved a certain mark or they want a certain meet, it's like, they should be untouchable. Like nothing can go wrong. No, not at all. Just like, you know, not, uh, yeah, no, I don't think that that should be the case at all. I just, you know, that, there was a, in that example that you used, you know, you felt like you had done a lot for the, the, the pole vault community and been, you know, a beacon of positivity. And then, you know, didn't feel that it was fair that you weren't, that this guy was publicly disrespecting you. you well, know? And, and here's the thing you want to say, Hey, I don't like that drill you posted. I disagree. Totally different thing. That's, yeah. that's fair. And I think like going back to what you said, that's respectful. You know what yeah. I mean? But sometimes when it's like a personal attack, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that's, yeah, I, th- I agree with you. I think I that- guess maybe, I mean, bringing, I don't mean to bring up like old weird stuff, but you said no, everything. No, go ahead. Um, maybe, maybe that's why I took so much of an issue when, when you were criticizing Renault after 16, you know? Um, uh, after I, Olympics, yeah. I, I, I think maybe that's why, because I, I just see him as, God, I, every time I talk to you, I end up like just talking about how great Renault is. It's like, I promise you. Yeah, it's, it's fine, man. But uh, no, maybe it's because I see him as such a, um, such a good thing for our, our event and for our sport. Mm-hmm. And he's been so amazing in, in being, um, you know, an advocate for pole vaulting and for, mm-hmm. and, and, and has never been anything but, 
but respectful to Sam and then now to Mondo and to everybody else that's, you know, that's come along um, and, and done so many great things for our sport, I think, including this, I mean, this whole garden thing yeah. was his idea. He was the one that brought it to world athletics and said, we should do this and mm-hmm. I'm willing to be the host and whatever. So maybe, I mean, maybe that's, it's funny because I actually hadn't really considered it that way, but until yeah. you said like, oh man, I've done so much for the community, which I think you have, first of all, like, I think you, thank you. I mean, your club, it's like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to pr- do the free content and everything like that. Just like, just like Renault didn't have to, you know, be respectful toward everybody. And, 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 you know, like when I was very first, very first over in Europe, he didn't have to freaking sit down and talk me through his his technical, you know, thoughts or whatever, but he did. And, you know, I it just, I don't know. I, I guess I kind of, I can kind of compare those two things and, and uh, you know, and then, and then now he has his meat that, you know, his indoor meat that he does so many good things with the pole vault community. Sure. I, I think that indoor meat is, is amazing. I mean, like I know Bupka used to have his meat. Now Renault is doing his meat, you know, and, and they bring a lot, a lot of attention to pole vault. Um, I think, I think also like two things can be true, right? Like someone could be wrong about something, but still be a great person. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean write them off. Like, listen, I think the other thing again, and it kind of goes back to things we were talking about earlier. Like, I don't think the meets are always presented in a good way where people are getting all the information, and all the content. Like I, man, I think back, I, I don't remember which Olympics it was, but the one where it was like Brad Walker had just broken the American record and then he gets the Olympics and he, he doesn't do well. But then it's like you come to find out later they they didn't let him go look for his polls. He didn't have his polls. You know, it's like you know sometimes that's information. That I don't know where you got that. He, that's not true. It was that that was oh eight. He had his polls. Um, oh, because I someone had told me that, that that he couldn't find his polls. Well, maybe like the day before or the day of or something. But he jumped on his polls. The thing that happened was the standards broke. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was, that was the real story. You know, and that was in 08 and yeah, the standard broke after his either first or second attempt, those electronic standards that only ever break. I don't know why they don't just get some UCS 1900 standards. I, I mean, I'm sorry, but it's like, do they have to get like the oldest people to be officials too? Like, and then I, they were like trying to work the standards with an iPad. It's just like a nightmare. So I, I know but it's like, if, if they just had like, I think whatever, obviously the, the head official has to be experienced in the event, but it's like, you just need someone who could put the crossbar up fast. Like that, that that's not a very technical thing. You know what I mean? Like you, you have yeah. one official calling out the names, one official making sure they put it on the pegs. Right. And just yeah. have people that can throw it up there quick. Um, yeah. No, but anyway, so they, the, the, there was a real story there that I don't think yeah, yeah. got enough attention, which was that in between either his first and second or second and third jumps, um, the standards broke for like an hour. And so they That's had to sit there. Man. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally crazy. And, uh, and he was the best guy in the world that year, for sure. Right. And it's like, so you, you kind of like rob a guy of, of his chance to win. And that's, that's sometimes stories that we don't get. And going back to like Renault, like you said, it's like, you know, we don't get as fans enough stories about like all the great things that he does do. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I mean, look, he, for, for that, that number of years was like unstoppable. I mean, like, I still think about that one video he put out 
where it was some neat, there was like palm trees in the background or whatever. And he's doing the backflips over the bungee. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I literally downloaded that song immediately. Like I found out what song he had in the background. I was like, Oh, I need this on my playlist. You yes, know? Yeah, that's, that's the other cool thing that, that he's always done is like, he's always been super and, and Sam's great with this too. It's just been like super transparent with training videos and putting his videos from meets online and, you know, um, writing about his progress with different injuries and, um, just like, you know, from the, from the beginning, I mean, before Instagram let you put, mm. let you put any videos on Instagram, he was like doing YouTube videos of his meets and his training right. sessions. And like, I was, I mean, you and I probably both were just like eating that stuff up. And yeah, yeah. that's more like what you're doing. You know, it's like, he didn't need to be doing that. Like the guys before right. him weren't doing that. I mean, I, I love, I love, you know, Brad, Brad is a friend of mine and, and, mm. but he was not, Brad was the first one to be like, I'm not volunteering any of that stuff. Like I'm, you know, this is, and that's completely, you know, his right too to just be like, sure. I yeah. do in training is what I do in training. I mean, I took videos of Brad doing ridiculous stuff in practice, like <laughs> so good, just crazy that he would just be like, dude, you can't put that online, <laughs> which is like, yeah, 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 yeah. that's fine. And that's, yeah. like, that, was, that was his, his way. But, um, you know, but then Renault, I think Renault, you know, did his part in, in just being like, I'm, I love pole vault. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Hold on. No, that's okay. You that? My bad. Yeah. No, uh, you know, did his part in being like, I love pole vaulting more than anything in the world. It's my favorite thing to do. And I'm just going to like share it with the world. And, um, and I think Mondo's doing that now. And I think that, and I think mm-hmm. that Sam is, and Sam is doing that. We have some really freaking cool people no, at the I, top of the I, game. I mean, those three guys are like, I couldn't pick, I couldn't pick three better guys to be at the top of the game. So yeah, I, I, I think it's just as far as like the current uh, time period for pole vaulting. I mean, I, I can't think of a time that's, that's been better because we have both the male and female side that is just like booming. Like there, there's so much talent across the board, you know? Um, yeah. And, and the Renault videos and stuff like that, that he would put out, I mean, you, you could tell that he just loved pole vaulting. I remember one time having a conversation with, with Chris Chappell of UCS. And I was like, you know, like, I feel like there's a, there's a couple different types of athletes out there. Right. Like I literally, there's, there's some athletes, they're, they're very negative. They're the type of person that they get in the squat rack and they're like, if I don't do this, I, I I'm a piece of shit. Like I have to squat right now. You know, I have to train and they have to PR. Otherwise it like, you know what I mean? Like, they're trying to like fill some void. But I'm like watching Renault. It's like it doesn't look like that. It looks like this is just someone who just really enjoys the event. He loves it. He's having a lot of fun. And I'm like, dude, like it's hard to beat somebody like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's not like it, it's not some arbitrary mark. You know what I mean? Where um, I was, I, I was talking to Sandra in the podcast, and I was like, you know, I was asking him what, what his thoughts on, you know, where did all this youth talent come from? And one of the things that I said. I was like, I think a big contributing factor was Renault breaking the world record because before that, like you even look at someone like Steve Hooker, who I thought for two years, he had like such a rock solid, you know, span where he won the Olympics. He won that world championship injured, you know, but it's like he, you could almost tell, I was like, well, you know, I, I won those big meets, you know, I've attempted the world record. I'm good. You know, I've, yeah. I've reached those goals. Whereas like for Renault, it was like, no, I'm just jumping and I love this and this is fun and whatever happens and boom, he breaks the world record, which now allows everyone else to go, oh my God, it's possible. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good take. Yeah. Well, 
It is. I, I totally, totally agree with you. I think that's because before it was, it was Bootka and, and nobody could be Bootka. You know, it was like, that was the unbreakable record. And then this, this, this dude with just a ferocious love for the sport and mm-hmm. some wheels, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just goes and decides he's going to do it. And he does, does it, you know, because I mean, when, when we were, when we were growing up pole vaulting, like when I was in, in middle in high school and college and Bubka had the record. It was like, dude, you can't do that. Like you can't do that because it was freaking Bubka and he did it. Right. And, and like Brad jumped 604 and he touched the bar and like, not, not that he held the bar or something, but right, like, right, right. no, but he yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't like he blow it up. Yeah. He barely made 604 and it was like, and that's Brad Walker. He's a freaking horse. He's a great pole alter. He's, he's on these huge poles holding high. Right. Like, that's pretty much as high as you can probably jump. And right. Unless you're Bootka. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I think that's sometimes what we do. Like you brought up the last dance with Michael Jordan, right? But it's like in our sport for pole vault, Bootka was the Michael Jordan. And you just, the way you talk about him and everything, it's like you make him out to be, you know, this magical creature. Like it's not even possible. Like he's not human. He's, he's, like you would hear all the stories. People like, Oh, he could have done the four by one. He would have done this. He would have done that. And like, you know, it's like, all right, dude, he's a human being. Like he, you know, somebody else could do it. You know? Yeah. He also with overwhelming evidence was on drugs. He was a human being. He was a human being that was most likely using performance enhancing drugs. I mean, that's just, that's just the fact that that's just, how it is well look i i mean clearly i mean i think especially that time period you know what mm-hmm. i mean um no, obviously it never failed the test and and all that but neither did lance armstrong you know so um the, the other know, the, thing that i i feel like people don't bring up enough and um this is something that bothers me as a, as a track fan right because i feel like when you talk to people outside of our sport a lot of times they're like oh there's a lot of steroids in track you know and i'm like there's a lot of steroids in track have you watched a football game? Like, yeah. like no. the thing that people don't understand sometimes w- w- as far as like the testing and stuff like that is the WADA numbers. You know what I mean? You will fail a test for WADA way before an NFL player fails the test. And then even like something that's not discussed enough, like even like as recently, uh, I think it was like two years ago, Julian Edelman of the New England Patriots, he failed a drug test. He was only suspended like four games. Oh yeah. Like, that happens all the time. Yeah. No, and, football, football is definitely worse, but there's also definitely doping in track and field. Oh, I, listen, again, I've heard, things way off, in, I've heard things off the record on the podcast about certain individuals currently jumping. You know what I mean? Where yeah, no, it's I, like, I will put my name in the hat and say that I think that the three guys that jumped yesterday and pretty much everybody that's jumping in the U.S. And I, I don't have any suspicions about anybody that's not from Russia. Um, so that, that I I, th- I really think those the, I, like I think Mondo's completely clean. I think Renault's always been yeah, clean. I, Obviously, Sam is clean. Like those guys are all good. But I do think that the overwhelming, ridiculous, and just it's hard to ignore the evidence that that Sergey was was on drugs. I, I mean, listen, at that time too, that time period, you have to remember, like a lot of people were on steroids. I mean, even the American vaulters were on steroids back then. I mean, I, 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 I heard stories about where it's like guys would like hear there was drug testing. They would just no height or leave the meet and they wouldn't, they wouldn't compete that day. 
Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, the U.S. probably during that era, you know, U.S. American athletes, but there wasn't a state-sponsored drug program like there was in sure. Russia. Yeah, I mean, well, we don't have a state-sponsored track program. Period. Like, <laughs> you know, that's that. That's the problem, right? The, I mean, then, that, then, that was always the problem, just in general. Like, even if we we don't talk about drugs, it just that was kind of the issue for American Olympic athletes. It's like. Yeah. The, everybody in Europe who was winning was basically a professional athlete. Yeah, and then, you know, the Americans are just like, you know, working at Home Depot, they're a construction worker, they do this on the side. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's so crazy. And I mean, like, you know, and it's funny where this podcast has gone now. But, uh, <laughs> but um, it happens. That's, that's one of my, my big issues with even just the Olympics in general. I really, I strongly believe this. I feel like the Olympics, chokes a lot of sports because what of what other sports league could you imagine the nfl was making all this money and they paid that little to the football players like they just you wouldn't have a football season and so you have all these people that are going to the olympics and you know i really feel bad like even you you read some stories like i don't know if you ever heard about the ronda rousey story but it's like she finally did it she meddled at the olympics and she's like holy shit i'm sleeping in my car yeah like I won, you know, I, I don't know if she got first or second, but she like got she got a medal. Bronze, bronze, bronze in 08 in judo. It's funny. I actually just watched that the other day. Yeah. And it, and it's like, and she's sleeping in her car and it's yep. like, that. that's why I, I always feel like for, for let's say pole vault specifically, but any Olympic sport, it's like, we should focus on us. You know what I mean? Like pole vaulters should focus on pole vaulters. Let's build this out. There's things that we can do, and especially with social media, you know what I mean? Yeah, There's ways no. to promote the sport, you know? Okay, yeah, which brings us back to, back around, <laughs> all the way back around. Yeah, You're totally yeah. right, and yesterday was it. I, yeah, listen, I, I think it's a, it's a good start. It's definitely a good okay, start. Good. Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely a good start. I didn't like, uh, trust me, it's not like I hated it. You know what I mean? Whether, if you're going to choose to either have the event that happened yesterday, which ended in a tie, or not have anything at all. Of, of course. If we make it binary, it's you do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and I do think, and I do think, to your point a little bit, if they do, if and when they do it again, which I think they're going to do it again, mm-hmm. um, I think they'll make a tiebreaker. But this time around, I think they were just kind of like, oh, let's see if this works. Like, Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. And like, what if it's a tie? Oh, dude, we don't even have time to worry about that right now. Like, we're trying to figure oh, out how to get all three of these people synced up and listening to the thing and right. You know. And, and l- listen again, I'm not, I I'm definitely not talking about Renault Mondo or Sam. I'm yeah. just talking about track leadership in general. Never has the foresight, never has the foresight. Like we're so behind, like, so let, let me give you one of my, one of my theories, right? Um, we had the newspaper era, we had the television era and now we're in the social media era, right? Like that's how media is distributed, right? During the newspaper era, you know what was real popular? The circus, right? Because you had a lot of things going on. It was a multi-day event. It, it's really, it works in the newspaper, right? And track was a really good newspaper era sport because you had so many different events. Like think about how articles we printed out and it's real easy to put the stats, right? You know what sure. I mean? And so it really works well with newspaper era. Then television comes out, or actually radio. I'm sorry, I forgot the radio era. Radio comes out. What sport becomes popular? Baseball. 
right? Because it's slow enough that it plays well on the radio, drama unfolds, right? That gets popular. Television comes out. Now football and basketball are king because more fast paced, back and forth. Yeah. And And they take over. We are now in the social media era and I don't know how much track meet has changed. You know what I'm saying? In the format and the presentation, you know what I'm saying? And how much so, has NFL changed? NFL has changed dramatically. Right. So f- first of all, they, inc- they brought in the AFL, right. They expanded playoffs, right. They put in. Ex- no, no, no. I'm talking about during the social media era. Oh, well, even, even now during the social media era, I mean, they continue to, they, they want to expand the playoffs more. Right. They, they also, they are a bit, they're big on parody. What I think played well in earlier generations was, is like, oh, you wanted these dynastic teams, right? But what they didn't realize, like, yeah, sure, you have this one team that's a juggernaut, but the more parity you have, the more fans feel like they're in it every year. You know what I mean? Yeah. The other thing is, let's talk baseball. We'll go back to baseball. Baseball was a very traditional sport. Like, they didn't want playoffs initially, right? Mm-hmm. Because what it used to be was National League, American League, best records, go to the World Series. Then they added the divisional round, and it was a fight to have the wild card round, but they finally did it. And again, they're constantly talking about expanding playoffs even more. We have yet to figure out some kind of playoff strategy with track. You know, I mean, again, some of our issues are that track is so divided. Like Diamond League is its own thing, Olympics its own thing. It's not connected, so it's like you you have a lot of like, you know, like almost tug of war of trying to get athletes to go to this meet, that meet, whatever. And even certain meets are individual entities. Like this is this meet is its own kind of business versus you know the whole thing. You know, um, so we have like kind of like a lot of, a lot of barriers to that, but it's like overwhelmingly, like you look and it's like, what have we changed over the years? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's the thing. Like people have to start thinking. You know, about- I, do, I, I do think that, I think you're right, but, and, and there's a lot more opportunity, especially in the pole vault because we just mm-hmm. have so much content, but I do think it's a dynamic, I, fast-paced event. Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know. But, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I but I do think like I do have some pride in the fact that I'm trying to think if this is true, but like I think yesterday's was the f- first like live sports event that I've watched since since the lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I think I think some golfers are going to start doing a couple things, but like we we kind of like won the race back onto the live sports i mean the day before thor broke the world record in the deadlift that's true that happened yeah and then they set up a fight did you see that yeah this is i i i have one of two thoughts i don't think i want to watch that well so i have two viewpoints in this one you're talking about guys that aren't fighters right no it's gonna be horrible so yeah it's either gonna be horrible or and i hope this doesn't happen it's two untrained guys but dude those guys are huge could you imagine getting punched in the head by Thor? Like, no. I don't know, man. Somebody could really get hurt doing this thing. Yeah, it scares me. I don't think it, I mean, they should wear headgear or something. I don't know. But apparently Eddie Hall does not like him. He's like real pissed about something like, you know, in the past. Is he playing a character so, or not? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you got to sell the fight, right? Okay, wait, but what do you have? Who do you have this weekend, though? Gaethje or Tony Ferguson? Oh. All right, well, now we're way off topic. That, that's okay. Um, so, yeah, in the UFC, which is crazy, they're going to do a pay-per-view event this weekend. Um, but, hey, Bullvault beat the UFC. Yeah, they got they got there before the UFC. Um, I, I wonder how Dana White feels about that because, you know, yeah, they, we were, they were supposed to go weeks ago and Disney, you know, didn't let them go through with it. But, um, 
yeah, in the UFC right now, I mean, first of all, I'm super pissed that Tony Ferguson's not fighting Khabib. I know. That I, I can't believe. But um, it's never going to happen. Tony's a monster. I, I just feel like Justin Gaethje, I haven't seen him fight often enough. And I feel like he's a question mark, right? Like, you know what you're getting with Tony. You know what you're getting with Khabib or even a Connor. But it's like, you know, maybe Justin Gaethje goes in there and starts him. But if, if you're pressing me, I'm going to say Tony wins. I think that's probably – I think that's a good assessment. <laughs> I, it's like I want Tony to win so that Tony and Khabib can fight, but I don't think that's ever that fight's ever going to get made. I don't think it's – I just don't think it's ever going to happen, yeah. unfortunately. But then I like Justin. I, I think he's a cool fighter. But yeah, I hope it goes to the ground is my biggest thing because those guys are both really good wrestlers and they both like to stand up, which is kind of weird. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, I'm just glad that there's going to be some live sports again. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be good. I, I'm interested to see too. It's like, will there be a lot of pay-per-views? You know what I mean? Like, because he's doing like three in 10 days or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cowboy wants to fight on all three of them. Oh my God. Yeah. He's, he's crazy. Cowboy's crazy. Um, For anybody who doesn't know, Cowboy Cerrone is like a wild man. He had one fight with Tony where he like broke his nose, tried to blow his nose. And I just, uh, that, that was crazy. You could hear Joe Rogan, like, when, when he, like, plugged his nose, Rogan was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, they know, they know what's going to happen, you know. It's yeah, crazy. exactly. I, anyway. Yeah, well, so, I mean, just to, I guess, jump jump off of that, it's like right. Joe Rogan, I think, did such a great job of educating fans about the fight game. Because oh, initially sure. when UFC started, it was like everybody would get pissed when they would go to the ground. And right. now you, you, a pole vault guy, is like, oh, I hope it goes to the ground. You know what Dude, I mean? Dude, I want every fight to go to the ground. It's like, that's, yeah. Right. And so it's like, I, I, I feel like, man, it's like, there's so much that, especially as coaches, like we know, right? It's like, you know, you blow through second attempt. All right, decision time. What are you going to do? Are you going to go up grip? Are you going to go up pull? Are you going to yeah. just try a standard adjustment? You know, there's a couple different adjustments. I can't – it would be thrilling to watch. And, like, the microphone goes through. He's like, Coach, what are you doing on the next jump? And then it's like, oh, my God, you get to see how that unfolds. And as fans, fans would become educated, and they would start to know. And they're like, oh, I hope they go think, up the pole, you know? I think drawing the UFC conclusion – or comparison again it's like we don't need somebody on the microphone telling us the guy made the bar just like Correct. we don't need somebody on the microphone in the ufc saying somebody got knocked out on right. standing up like yeah no shit he hit him in the face and he got knocked out we need freaking rogan and uh and you know the heavyweight the that badass wrestler DC. yeah daniel cormier yeah on on either side of the color commentary guy talking about what's happening on the ground right because that's the part that most, you know, fight fans maybe have less of an idea about. But then right. when you hear more and more about it from those two guys, from DC from a wrestling standpoint and from an MMA standpoint and Rogan from more of a jiu-jitsu standpoint, it's yeah. like you really start to see how those guys, these guys are rolling and all that stuff. And I, I think that can be, can be compared to changing poles and being under at the takeoff and what's happening on the runway and what's where's the what's the wind blowing and all that sort of stuff 100 percent, yeah and and even you know again even the event that just happened it would have been so cool to hear them talk about their decisions about like the approaches and what pole and it's like you know that that would have been i think really really fun you know what i mean and then the more educated the fan base gets the more they understand that the more they want to hear that kind of stuff and it unfolds 
so much more drama, you know? Well, for anybody that's still listening, all I know is that Renault used a 460, 14.5. And I, he didn't didn't tell me that I could tell people that, but (laughs) for for anybody that is curious, he made, which my immediate reaction was, my God, that guy made five meters, 36 times on a 15 foot pole. Yeah. Pretty, pretty amazing. So Well, I feel like that, that stuff even too, like knowing more about the numbers, uh, from a coaching and athlete standpoint, it allows uh, people to understand, okay, well, you know, how should I be directing my training? Like, what do I need to do? Cause you're right. Someone hears that is like, wait, he was on a 15 foot pole and he, he jumped five meters, 36 times. Like what? And it's like, there's definitely like some kid out there is like, dude, I'm on a 15 foot pole jumping 14, six, like, You know what I mean? And so now people can dissect. It's like, okay, maybe I don't need to get on a longer pole or vice versa. There could be a kid that's doing something crazy. And it's like, okay, you got to figure out your takeoff and get on a bigger pole. Yeah. Um, sure. But I think that, that kind of stuff helps so much. Um, yeah. I, I know even like, uh, I know people have commented on the Sandre post where I was like, Hey, you know, what's, what's bringing about all this change. And a lot of people are like, just having access to information is, is sure. allowing a lot of young people to jump higher. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. That's why, I mean, I try and I try and put up as much as I can of my own training and jumping and numbers and, and all that. Yeah, well, no, I know you're, you're really good about that. You yeah. mentioned like what you you were doing and the great. And it's, it's, it's always been like, I mean, I've always been on too big of poles for how high I jump. And so I always know like when I post my, my, and I'm, it's always something I've tried to fix and tried to work on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. My whole entire career has been about trying to get more out of the poles that I can be on really easily. Like I can, I can really easily in any meet, I, you know, weighing 195, like I can run down on a 510, 12.4, like mm-hmm. anytime, just kind of jogging down the runway. And, and Cole Walsh jumps 580 on that with the same body weight, you know, and I can, okay. maybe jump, I can maybe jump 50 or 60. And so that's always been something that I've, I've always, you know, always worked on. But I know that when I put my numbers in my post, which I'm always going to try and do for, for an educational standpoint and for yeah. just, just so people can be in the know, I know I'm going to have people in my DMs being like, dude, wait, what? Like, you're on a 13 0 from short run and only jumping 40. Like, but, but that's just kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm like so used to it. And I, I'm just like, yeah, you know, that's, that's my struggle. That's what I, that's what I fight all the time. Yeah. So. so, I mean, I'm sure you've considered these things, but I, I'll ask just cause I'm curious. Um, this is where it's like, even for me, when I think about some of that stuff, I start to think more about like physical training, you know, like uh, you bring up like Cole Walsh, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know if you ever talked to him, like, do you know some of his like training numbers as far as like certain lifts or certain workouts or exercises that maybe give him an advantage on that? Cause the way I've always looked on it, this, this, hear me out and you tell me what, what you think about this. I've always viewed about like getting on a pole is very speed correlated, right? So if you can get on, on certain poles, you probably have enough prerequisite runway speed, size, whatever the efficiency on the pole, like going up the pole is very like, to me, upper body correlated. Like I just noticed people who have like stronger lats, typically they, they're much more efficient on on a pole. And so, and it really comes down to power to weight ratio, right? You can't do like whatever, like weighted pull-ups, but then you weigh like way too much or something like that. But have, have you ever thought about that kind of stuff? Yeah, for sure. Maybe, but, um, I guess I, I kind of, I view it a little bit differently. I think that, that probably the way that you look at it might have merit and you might, you might, you might be totally right. I just think like Cole and I are good examples because, um, 
he's we weigh about the same um he's running a little bit faster than me on the runway mm-hmm. um maybe maybe a tenth or two tenths of a meter per second faster on the runway we're on similar poles in fact i've i've historically been on you know half you know half a flex or one 1. 1.0 bigger poles than him mm-hmm. um but he jumps a lot higher and has jumped a lot higher um i guess i haven't really talked to him about like weight room numbers or anything like that but i mean i all i can do is use my eye and watch him and be like that guy's just a better pole vaulter than i am like he's just and, and that's fine i mean like i have no i've dude i've been doing this too long to be like to have <laughs> any sort of um like ego issue about that like cole is just better on the pole than i am like he just has right. for me it's a feeling thing it's a it's a sensation and feeling thing and renault always talks about like rhythm in the jump and and good sensations and good feelings and mm-hmm. and and i think i just have a really really hard time um i always have had a really hard time finding that feeling and like mondo is just like he doesn't he can just switch his brain off he just he just knows it. he knows where the energy is when he's in the air when he's on the pole how to redirect it how to stay behind the pole and all that stuff like that's one thing that cole is just so much better than me at is staying behind the pole swinging early getting on his top hand um and just knowing kind of where to put where to position his center of mass and when to when to lengthen a, a limb or or you know kind of torque it torque things yeah, I, I, I always think about it as like almost like leverage you know like something yeah, you know, it's all how to create leverage and and yeah you know, uh, and I've, I've just i've just for for me i've never i've never been and i've always fought to to have just another half a percent or one percent of that that feeling of um you know reorganizing energy in the air um in a way that makes makes me you know go higher in the air so it's just it's just that's something that's always been difficult for me and that's what i that's that's kind of how i kind of how i see it it's like you know and and brad is another good example like brad and i weighed the same we're on the same poles when i trained with him and i was jumping 550 and he was jumping 590 at six meters seriously he was holding maybe you know maybe 10 10 or 15 centimeters higher than me but it's just like like I just knew where to put energy and where to, how to, how to get it back in the system so that he went really high in the air. And it just like that, it was so frustrating to me at the time then because I was young and I was like, why can't I do that? And then now I'm just like, you know, it's like, it's like me asking, why can't I run as fast as Usain Bolt? Like I just can't, it's just like not, not in my DNA, but I can maybe learn, you know, maybe learn a a little bit, a little bit more, you know? I mean, I I think everybody could get a little bit better. I, I, I had a post about that. It's like not everyone can jump high, but everyone can jump higher, you know? Yeah. What I mean? yeah, yeah. That's a really good, that's, that, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I have two thoughts from what you just said. Um, I, I think one Mondo is just so crazy. Cause like, even when he was little, like you remember when he would do like the impersonation vaults, you know, yeah, where he would jump like certain vaults. It's like, most people are just trying to figure out how to pull vault. And this guy's like doing impressions of other vaulters. So his feeling and awareness when he jumps is just so, so high. And like you said, like even uh, Roman Bacharnikov said something to me once that I, I, I never forget. He always says like no two vaults are ever the same. Like there's always some little different, right? You're a little bit under, you're a little bit out, your plants a little bit late. And so you still, even in the pole vault where we try to do it exactly the same, there's still some micro changes where you, you have to make a quick adjustment to try to hook up with a jump. And some people are better than that. I, sure. would, also, I would also say that what I think is a little bit tricky and, and uh, misleading in the pole vault is sometimes people will look at like, let's say mid marks or runway speed alone and be like, 
well, these both, both these guys are hitting the same mid, same speed. Why do they jump a foot apart? You know? And it's like, well, you know, here's the thing, like even sprinting speed, right? It's frequency times stride length. Well, maybe this guy just has these long strides that are slow and lumbering and they can get to that speed, but they're not explosive. And so it's not just top end speed in the pole. You still need that explosiveness to move on the pole. And so some people are more explosive than others. You know what I mean? And obviously you try to get better with, with training and, and just technique and whatever, but there, there's limitations. You, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like you're saying, like Renault, Mondo, you know, Brad, even Walker, you know, it's like they just, they have certain talents that make them who they are. You know what I mean? Just like, we're talking about Michael Jordan, the last dance. It's like, listen, listen, there's just things that Michael Jordan could do that other people couldn't, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that, that pretty much, pretty much sums it up for sure. I mean, yeah, it's just like, um, some people just have a feel in the air and, um, you know, I don't know, like there, and then there's some people that would watch me jump and be like, man, that guy's freaking got it, you know? And I'm like, you know, and I'm sure that those, those guys that I'm, that I'm, comparing myself to like Cole thinks he could be better on the pole, you know, for sure. Right. But I'm, but I look at him and I'm like, dude, we're the same person. Like, and you can jump a foot higher on the same poles. So what the heck's going on there? And I'm just trying to learn. I'm just trying to figure it out. So, right. um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, some people, I, I really, my experience, I've, I've watched so much pole vaulting in person and, and, and online and, and pick the brains of anybody that would listen to me or respond yeah. to an email or respond to whatever. And, um, my experience has just led me to the fact that some people just get it. Some people just, some people just have it. They just, they, they can't explain why or, or, or how, but it's like, listen, not everybody can slam dunk. Right. Yeah. Like, I, listen, I could train my butt off. I could do whatever you tell me. Like, like Jeff, I could literally dedicate the next five years of my life. Be like train me. I want to slam dunk. You're not getting me a slam dunk. Yeah. Right? And you're never going to hit a golf ball like Tiger Woods. Like, right. Right. And, and, and so there's certain things like that. And, um, as a coach, I, I would like to hear your coaching opinion on this. I just, I am, I cannot believe how often this happens. Like if you are coaching anyone that is tall, everyone assumes that person should jump high just because they're tall. And it's like, you have to also be athletic. You can't yeah. just be tall. Like you're better off sometimes with the shorter kid who's super explosive and athletic, sure. you know? Yeah, for sure. My best pole vaulter right now is like, gosh, sorry, Cam. I don't want to misrepresent you, but I think he's like five, nine or five, 10, five, nine, probably. Gosh, yeah, that, that's real tall, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like five, nine and he's on 15 foot poles. He's on four ninety one, But, uh, you know, it's, and I, and I think he can jump, you know, a whole lot higher than that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It's just definitely, I've had tall kids that can't jump. I've had tall kids that can jump. It's, it's just a, uh, that's definitely like body type is certainly not. Um, I mean, look at the, look at the women's pole ball right now. It's like right. Katie, Katie, like leaving Sandy out of it, which Sandy is unbelievable, but look at Katie and Kat, like those girls are two consistent 470, 480 girls. Mm-hmm. Look at them next yeah. to each other like they're completely different one of them you know they're they're separated by probably half a meter half a meter per second on the runway first of all they're separated probably by 20 30 centimeters of grip height mm-hmm. you know however much physical height like yeah it's, and 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 then it comes down to attempts you know right and, and it's like that's that's why our sport is so awesome and and, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, and then if you, and then this, the same can be said for like Renault, 
Renault versus Sam when, when that was the deal, you know, when Renault and Sam were the two that were going head to head, um, just with the style of jumping, Renault's holding on top of 520 poles, Sam's holding on 480 poles. And, and, it comes, and it comes down to attempts. And then my argument is always like, who's a better technician? Who's a better, who's more efficient? Right. Yeah. I don't know, I, 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 I don't know because Renault is turning his runway speed into the ability to hold 17 feet on the pole, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Yeah. And then Sam is tur- turning his 480 grip into making six meters, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Both right. of them are like, okay, both of them are efficient in different, are, are more efficient than the other in different places. Right. So, I right? mean, yeah. So now, I mean, you're, you're bringing up a conversation that I often think it's like, it, it's something that more people need to talk about, right? Because it's like, what, what is more technical? What is less technical, you know? Um, and I think sometimes uh, you're right. I think there's certain things that it's, it's not just a clear cut numbers thing always, you know, you know, um, but certainly like, you know, look, I, I've certainly coached people that I've seen a girl jump nine feet that looked way better than some boy jumping 14 feet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that, that's definitely out there. You know, um, I do think that, listen, I, one of my things that I hate is like when someone's like, oh, no one can jump high like that. I'm like, you just saw a video. <laughs> Like, like, you know what I mean? Like people have like pet peeves, like, like, you know, dropping the drive knee and, you know, double leg swing. It's like, dude, we've seen so many people jump high, you know, yeah. double leg swing. Almost everybody good anymore, ever. Right. So, you know, it's like, and, and listen, I, I think there's merits on both yesterday. sides, you know, and, and, you know, you could get into a technical debate about that, whether it's advantageous or not. Uh, I think that just listen, if, if you're hitting it hard, you're going to have some drive knee drop. You know what I mean? Like, it's just- for sure. Well, I think the main thing is if you're trying to keep your center mass back behind the pole, which is what those guys are all trying to do. That's why all three of those guys yesterday, all three of them are doing it is they're mm-hmm. just trying to stay behind the pole and, and stay, stay under their top end. But um, anyway, that's, but, but yeah, so it's like that, that's a conversation that needs to be had more is like, okay, because like we were saying before, not everyone's going to be able to jump, you know, five meters as a female or six meters as a male. But I do think that in technical uh, events like the pole vault or jujitsu, right, you want to be able to get mastery, right? Sure, so it's yeah. like if you could give out, you know, uh, belts like a black belt in pole vault, you know, it's like at what point, you know, what does someone have to do to get a black belt? They may never jump six meters, but what do you do to get a black belt? The other thing I I also think in the pole vault that we ignore, and I'm sure you're going to agree with this, but it's like, I feel like some people think they can teach someone the pole vault in just like two years and it's, it's done. They're a pole vaulter. It's like, no, dude, it takes any good coach in jujitsu or something. It takes over 10 years to get a black belt. How in the pole vault are we doing two years? No way. Cause yeah. I, I know with me, I I've been very fortunate. I've coached some people for eight to 10 years and it's like, yeah, by the end, you're like, wow, this is really polished. You know what I mean? Like, but you're not going to see that in year one or year yeah, two. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. No, no, I, I definitely, definitely agree with you there. That's like, that's why I still go out and jump is because I still, not, not, not just because like I can't give it up, which is also true, but, um, 
but it's like, I learned so much, you know, all the time. Like I, I, I would never give my, I wouldn't, if I were the, the jujitsu, whatever, like I wouldn't give myself a black belt because I, every, literally every time I go pole vault, I swear to you, every time I go pole vault, I learned something. Every time I go sprint, I learned something. Every time I go lift, I learned something. Like it's, it's just a constant exploration thing. And like you actually, it's funny you mentioned Sandre because he, he and I talked last week or a week and a half ago and he gave me the stupidest little thing that he thinks about that, that I was like, huh, I've never really thought of it that way. And I went and jumped and like felt completely feelings I'd never felt before pole vaulting. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was like, wow, that's, that's another tool in the tool belt. You know, that's an interesting way to think about yeah. way to think about that or whatever. So, um, yeah, no, it's a constant, it's a constant process. And I don't know that anybody has ever retired from pole vaulting and been like, yeah, I pretty much did everything. I, uh, you know, I got it all done and I, I, I could do the perfect jump a hundred times in a row at the end of it. Yeah. No, no way. Always, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm always proud of at the club is that when kids, let's say go to go away to college and then they come back next summer to a practice, they're like, wait, this is different. This is different. You know, it's like, yeah, if, if you're doing things exactly the same that you did like five, 10, 20 years ago, there's a problem. Like you, oh, you have to be constantly changing things i don't know about you but i come in as a coach all the time and i'm like hey you guys the stuff that we were talking about like three weeks ago that's all bullshit like we gotta do <laughs> I, was, I was totally wrong about that like we got to do it this different way you know because you know I, I admit my fault like so much i'm always just like yeah we we weren't we weren't thinking about that the right way i wasn't presenting that the right way like we need to we need to try and delete that and like let's move on in this direction maybe that'll get better when i'm a, when i'm 50 and i'm still coaching or 60 or whatever but i don't i mean hopefully if you're a really good coach like i talked to my mentor my mentor is a guy named dan path and he's been coaching at an elite level for god forever and he's constantly like i mean he texted me excitedly last week last year being like dude i just spent two weeks on the road with the um with the golden state warriors he's like training is bullshit (laughs) just do the sport just do your sport and I'm, oh you know, and, and he didn't, I mean, it was, that's like a little bit condensed or whatever, but yeah. he was, what he was trying to say is like specificity is like super important, more important than maybe he thought it was. But I mean, it's like everything is constantly changing for everybody. And, um, you know, for me going out and pole vaulting, it's like, I, I learned things going on coaching. I learned things. So. Well, yeah. And, and the, the way I kind of view it is like, look, there's the science of things, right? Like this is how you do it, you know, but then there's a lot of organic stuff meaning like okay let's say i come to you you know i i'm a freshman i come into your school every physical test you give me i'm like blowing everything out of the water but my pole vault technique sucks like what are you going to focus on clearly not the physical training you got you got to fix my technique cuz i have all the physical prerequisites you know yeah that's you that's want- me and Brad Walker man that's 100% i mean that's that's just like you're bringing back memories. We would sprint together. I mean, he was a little faster than me sprinting. Mm-hmm. We would lift together. We were the same. Um, we would throw shot puts. We were the same. Like everything. And then we get on the pole, and we'd be on the same poles. And then it was like, literally, he's jumping a foot and a half higher. Like, yeah. so frustrating. I'm like, what do I get better at to get to close this gap? Like, it just can't. Just, it doesn't make any sense like you said on paper with the science it's like yeah. oh, this should be about 10 centimeters different like brad's a little bit faster like right Jeff power cleans a little bit more brad throws the shot 30 centimeters further like they should be pretty much they're on the same poles like they should be within 10 15 centimeters right. 
it's just not the case. Right, right. Yeah. It, 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 look, That's the science just blows up in the pole vault world. Well, right. And, and I, and I think any sport, right? Like I'm sure if yeah. like, going back to the example of golden state warriors, like, no, I'm yeah. sure if you took those guys in the weight room, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I'm sure Draymond Green probably can outlift Steph Curry in everything, but it's like he can't shoot like him. No, you know, you know what I mean. So there, there's still that that skill, like working. Or like put those guys on a treadmill, and it would be like, dude, why can't? What are you doing? You, you like, you can't run ten minute miles. A lot of them, I right. bet. But then they can play freaking eighty games a year, an hour, you know, an hour a night or whatever, and right. and be like. Good. So obviously their cardio is crazy. But if you watch them run on a treadmill for 30 minutes, you'd be like, dude, you're not making it through a game. And then off they go. Well, it's, it's just a different type of cardio too, though. I mean, you know, you watch a basketball game. It's like there's a lot of trotting going on. It's not like steady pace. You know what I mean? And their body's ready to do that kind of thing, you know? Sure. Exactly. I think that's what Dan was saying when he came back from that trip. Like, hey, we just got to stay in this. We got to stay in specificity mode all the time, you know, like. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I was having conversations with people the last couple of days about this, where it's like, you know, the average pole vaulter at the, at their high school, it's like, they're supposed to be doing repeat three hundreds going out for runs. And it's like, for what? You're never going to do that in the pole vault. For the aerobic component of pole vaulting that everybody knows exists, of course. Yeah. <laughs> for all those times. Okay. Literally, unless you're doing what they, exactly what they did yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly what this podcast was supposed to be about. Anyway, <laughs> unless you're doing that, yeah, don't run further than 80 meters ever. So yeah. Oh man. Well, look, I, I'm sure you 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 may have some stuff that you got to get. I just to. heard my my daughter just woke up upstairs yeah, and she's yeah. ready for. So a uh, if uh, anybody wants to reach out, ask you for any help or tips or anything, uh, go for it. Uh, what? How can they reach you? Uh, oh gosh, I always get these mixed up. I'm sorry. One of them's. Jay Coover, one's Jeff Coover. So my Instagram is Jay Coover, okay. J-C-O-O-V-E-R. And then my Twitter is Jeff Coover. And, you know, I'm sure I'm the only one with my last name. Um, so yeah. you can find me, send me a message, whatever you want. And uh, this is always, it's it's always fun. And, and, and I'm yeah. glad that we have the ability to just, you know, disagree on some stuff, agree on a lot of stuff, I, more yeah. agreeing than disagreeing. And, and, I think it's good and, and, and healthy. Yeah, awesome. I, I, I can't agree with you more on that. Like, I'm so glad that we can disagree and talk about this stuff and hopefully people listen and watch and, and get a lot out of it. Cause I think, you know, besides talking about the meat, just, uh, there was a huge chunk of information there for coaches yeah. and athletes that I think they can get a lot out of. And I think you sharing your experiences of training with Brad, I mean, that's, that's, awesome man i mean i think more people need to realize it it's it's not so simple there's no like simple magic trick like you know what i mean it's not like it's not like you needed to do this one thing and boom you would yeah. and then people you know the other thing sorry we're, we're wrapping up here but no, no, people, people always then assume that like uh like i guess that the, the thing that people don't realize is like i was trying as hard as i could yeah to figure that stuff out, you know? And everyone was like, dude, you got to figure out how to jump higher on the poles here. I'm like, Oh yeah, no way. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> like I wasn't, at that point I shut everything off as far as like, okay, I need to figure out how to get on an 11 two instead of an 11 seven. Like I shut that off. I'm like, that's not the thing anymore. Like I need to figure out how to jump, to jump 570 on, on a pole that Brad can jump 590 on instead of jumping 540 right. on it, you know? And so, 
it's there's like those behind the scenes battles that are going on all the time where the peanut gallery can be like, dude, Cougar's on an 11, on a 12 and he can only jump 550 on it. Like, I'm like, dude, I know I'm trying, I'm trying. You know what, you know what it's like? I think everybody thinks it's simple addition and subtraction and it's like, yeah. no, it's calculus, bro. Yeah. And people, <laughs> and people see the most like obvious flaw and they think that you're not, you're not working on it. And in reality it was like, I was working as hard as I could at it. I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And uh, for everybody that's watching and listening, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you have any questions, just email us at apexvaulting at gmail.com. You can follow us at The Real Apex Vaulting on Instagram and Apex Vaulting on Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, Jeff, thanks again for being on the podcast.